Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Pilot Principle. This is the podcast where we take a look at the first episode of a newer series, The Pilot, to see if it can convince us very busy people to continue with the series or at least the second episode. Now I know it hasn't been that long since you last heard my lovely, lovely voice as our most recent episode on Marvel's Echo only came out a few days ago. But you know what? There's just so much out there to watch and we'll never be able to keep up, but we can try, we can try. And I just thought that I would go with the momentum and just do another episode. So here we are and for the next 20-ish minutes, I will be running you through the pilot episode of ITV1's After the Flood. In order to fully analyse a pilot episode, we look at the story, characters, the pace, the potential series arc, the good, the bad, the funny and the fell flat and how all of that comes together to determine whether I will be continuing with the series and why or why not and why you might feel the same or disagree. I'm Jen and this is the pilot synopsis for After the Flood as provided by ITV. After discovering a body in the wake of a devastating flood, PC Joe Marshall investigates the man's possible murder. Meh, it's a good synopsis, I think. It's not the most shocking thing in the world. I'm not like, oh my gosh, I definitely need to press play and find out exactly how all of these things take place. It's just factual. But hey, there's only so much you can do with 180 characters or less or whatever it is. Okay, let's move on to the credits and I love the credits. I always go on and on about who directed it and who wrote it and who starred in it. So I will try to keep things as succinct as possible. But I'm actually quite excited because for the first time in a long time on a British television series, we have a pilot title and the pilot title for After the Flood is Underwater. And that makes sense. I mean, there's a flood going on. I just kind of hope that the titles for subsequent episodes aren't also water-based because, I mean, it's sort of fun for the first one or two, but then if you just keep doing it for like three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, it kind of just gets a bit like, meh. And then if you end up doing a series two, you've kind of run out of all the water-based jokes, but I digress. The episode length for Underwater is 45 minutes. ITV, you got your standard three breaks in there, makes sense. And it's a series length of six episodes. Again, nothing new here when it comes to just your standard British police drama shindig. Underwater was written by the show's creator, Mick Ford. I have no idea if he writes the whole series. I can tell you that Mick Ford has written for a few familiar programs. So he's written for The Five, the Channel 5 miniseries, as well as Safe, The Stranger and Stay Close, which are all Harlan Coben mysteries. And if all of these shows sound familiar to you, then you may have listened to the episode I did on Fool Me Once, which was another Harlan Coben Netflix adaptation. So that's quite interesting. And on knowing this, I'm kind of now a little bit more intrigued with After the Flood and how the rest of the series might go. But we are here to focus on the pilot. So let's move on to the director. And Underwater was directed by Azur Salim. And Azar Salim doesn't have too much on his director filmography. The most notable mention is Doctor Who, where he's directed three episodes. And that was during the Jodie Whittaker 13th Doctor series, I believe. Moving on to cast, we first have Sophie Rundle, who plays Joe Marshall. Now, Rundle's face is very familiar from being on a plethora of British television programmes, which includes Merlin, Happy Valley, Dickensian, Bodyguard, The Nest, Peaky Blinders, where she plays Ada Shelby, Gentleman Jack, and The Diplomat before starring in After the Flood. We also have Tripti Tripuranemi, who plays Deepa Das. And she hasn't been in a lot of things, but she has been in an episode of Temple, an episode of Casualty, and an episode of House of the Dragon before starring in After the Flood. 
Matt Stoke, who plays Pat Homan, has starred in an episode of Sense8, nine episodes of The Musketeers, three episodes of Bodyguard, and he's also starred in an episode of Grace before starring in After the Flood. Lorraine Ashbourne plays Molly Marshall, and Ashbourne has starred in a lot of British television, but a few highlights include Silent Witness, Bridgerton, I Hate Susie, All Before After the Flood. Right, two more to go. Firstly, Philip Glenister, who plays Jack, and Glenister will probably be familiar to a lot of people from his time on Life on Mars as DCI Gene Hunt as well as Ashes to Ashes, where he played the same character. I have no idea why, because I have not watched either of these things, but I have heard of them, so that's definitely something. Personally, I know Glenister, not personally, from his time on Mad Dogs, and Mad Dogs is one of those shows that really stays with you. I cannot even begin to describe it or get into it right now, but all of a sudden you're on this crazy emotional journey and I still feel sorry for all four of them and that's all I can really say I mean the show ended in 2013 so it's been more than 10 years and I still feel so bad for these characters but moving on finally we have Jonas Armstrong who plays Lee and Jonas Armstrong actually comes up a lot <laughs> on the pilot principle I mean I'm not complaining about it but I'm just saying like patterns be patterning Armstrong for me always remains in my heart for starring in the BBC TV series Robin Hood where he played the titular character. He has also starred in Prisoner's Wives, Edge of Tomorrow, the Tom Cruise Emily Blunt movie. He's also had roles in Line of Duty, Troy, Fall of a City, The Bay, The Drowning and most recently Boat Story which I've also done a pilot episode review on on the pilot principle. And that is our principal cast. You can watch After the Flood on Wednesdays at 9pm on ITV1 with episodes being released weekly. Now in regards to what made me want to watch After the Flood, well to be honest I just saw that Sophie Rundell was going to be in it and I thought mm, <laughs> why not? I like her, I like some of the things she's been in, she's a good actress and I'm trying to diversify outside of just the streaming services, you know the Netflix, the Disney Plus, the Amazon Prime and just make sure I'm staying grounded to my British television roots, you know? And also I did like the idea of it being a rather topical issue specifically surrounding the whole flood situation because there has been a lot of floods happening in the north of England and yeah it's something that you see on the news but as I always say art dictates life and sometimes putting these things in serialized dramas really helps get the message across. I mean hey look what's happening with Mr Bates and the postman that's really brought the whole post office scandal to the front of everybody's mind and everybody's talking about it and it meant that those people were able to get some sort of justice after all these years but that's a whole other <laughs> discussion and topic. Okay, I think I did quite well for myself though. I don't think I rambled on too much when it came to the credits. But let's move on now to talk about the first 10 minutes. Now, I always look at the first 10 minutes because in theory, this should get us to the point of the inciting incident. Now that's the part in the story, any story, where the main character's life starts to change. So we see what their norm is and then this thing comes along to push things in a whole other direction for them. The first 10 minutes should also hopefully give us a bit of backstory and hopefully just excite us and want us to continue watching beyond that point. So here's what the first 10 minutes of Underwater is looking like. A storm is raging, trees are submerged and the police are in action. I didn't know this is what the police did in storms, but I'm about to learn today. They need to evacuate people, find people in danger and help them out because the river has burst its banks. Now, because the river has, you know, been moving mad, they also can't get anywhere by car and they have to go on foot. So PC Joe Marshall and PC Deepa Das are on foot looking for people who need help and they very quickly come across a woman with her baby who are trapped in the road with their car, which basically looks like they're in the middle of a river. 
Now, Joe doesn't waste any time in getting right up in there to try and get the woman and her baby to safety. But disaster strikes. The mother who is getting her baby, who is in one of those car travel basket things in the back seat, well, she's getting the baby out of that and then she somehow manages to slip and then the basket thing sort of drifts off and is gone like Moses up the Red Sea or what have you. The woman is screaming, my baby, my baby, my baby. Of course, everyone's like, shit, what do we do? Then a man comes out of nowhere and he dives in to save the baby who is drifting down the river like, I don't know, baby bunting. But now both man and baby are in this road river and they slip underneath a nine meter high car tunnel, but they make it to the other side where Joe manages to take the baby from the Good Samaritan. Unfortunately, she isn't able to help him in time and he slips away in the rushing water. The baby is reunited with its mother and with the adrenaline wearing off, Joe unzips her jacket and we discover she's pregnant. Not gonna lie, was pretty obvious, but you know, surprise for those who didn't see it coming. That's the first three minutes and I'm already stressed. We then get a nice lovely little intro that's kind of like we're looking into the body of water where each ripple then transitions into a different scene, which kind of gives us a sense of the location for the show, which is North. <laughs> and that is backed with a jaunty tune that kind of reminded me of Sanderton. Well, they're both ITV, so maybe they use the same composer. I don't know. It's quick, it's drippy, it's wet, it's done. We come back into After the Flood as Jo gets a call from her husband who chastises her for her risky moves. And to be honest, fair, there were two of them there. PC Jo Marshall was not alone. She had PC Deeper Das with her. So why didn't PC Jo Marshall stay with the mother while PC Deeper Das, who wasn't pregnant, go and try and capture the baby from the rushing river or whatever? I mean, I get she's the main character, but still. Moving on, the officers continue to evacuate, going door to door, checking if anyone is in danger. There is no news on the man who saved the baby and Joe keeps replaying the scene of him slipping away in her mind. She shakes it off and continues on with the job at hand as we get a lovely but devastating bird's eye view of all the destruction that has taken place. And right on cue, on the first ad break is the 10 minute mark. And as an intro, I have to say it was very intense and very gripping. You've got rain lashing, you've got water where there shouldn't be water and you get a good scale of how crazy this all is because you see trees, like huge trees that are basically half submerged in water. You've got that nine meter tunnel that is basically just completely filled with water as well. So you really get a good understanding of how destructive this latest flash flood has been for this town. Also in the intro, we're wondering what happened to the man, the man who doesn't have a name at this point, but is played by Joe Armstrong. So we are wondering what happened to him. Will he live? Will he die? He's just been washed away. Will we ever see him again? We are also wondering a little bit about Joe and her relationship with her husband and this baby. I don't know, like the way he caught a chastise her, it didn't quite sound loving to me. I'm sure it was loving, but like, why are you calling and yelling at me? Like I'm at work, like relax. I don't call and yell at you at work, but you know, fine, whatever. And finally, what's really good about this opening is that you feel bad. You feel bad for these fictional people because you know it's a real problem. You see people panicking, having to leave their homes, worried about their possessions, worried about their lives, worried about the people that they care for. And I think, yeah, all of that coming into that first 10 minutes puts you in a great position to have an emotional connection to the story. And the intro ends with a devastating shot of the extent of the damage as we see roads upon roads upon roads, partially submerged, cars submerged. And like the series title suggests, you can't help but think about what will be next for all the people, all of these lives after the flood. See what I did there? Okay, let's talk characters. And our main character is Joe Marshall, PC Joe Marshall. And the first thing to say about her is that she's nice. <laughs> 
Um, I don't think she's special, to be honest with you. And that's not a bad thing. I'm just saying right now from where I'm standing at the other end of the pilot episode, I can tell you that Jo is nice and she's not special. Maybe that niceness will be her superpower at some point. But what's interesting is that we also learned that she's not gonna be a PC for long. PC, I believe, is police constable and they're the ones that wear a uniform. But that baby saving day is actually Jo's penultimate day going out on patrol as a PC because she's moving on to detective training as of Monday. I mean, everybody wants to be a detective. Not that that's a bad thing because it does show us that Jo wants more from the life that she already has and she's in a transitioning period with the baby and with the new job. What's also interesting about Jo is that she's a big fat liar. I know, didn't see that one coming considering I just called her nice about a minute ago. Jo has lied to her husband about how far along she is in the pregnancy because she really wanted to start her detective training. And you know what? Kind of respect that. Should you lie to your husband? That's not for me to say, like that's not my marriage but she did what she had to do and she's now gonna have to face the consequences. And the fact that she did lie about this, it kind of shows a level of selfishness to her, which in turn adds depth to her character. And though I may respect the fact that she lied about her pregnancy because she really wants to be a detective, what I don't respect is her disregard for the rules. Okay, so here's what happens. As the synopsis suggests, Joe finds a body. The problem is that nobody can identify this body. Joe has the idea to take the John Doe's DNA and put it through one of those DNA services to see what matches come up. However, she is told explicitly that this would be illegal. So what does she do? She does it, she does it. And I just think that that is just so dumb. And also lazy policing because you are supposed to be a detective, detective in training. And you know, that requires a level of smarts and thinking outside of the box. It doesn't require a level of illegality because if that's discovered, that will very quickly get you kicked off the force. And as well, it kind of goes against what I am getting from her personality at this point. Like, yeah, she's a bit of a liar, but she's a nice person. I wouldn't have put her in the category of somebody who would very quickly abandon their morals to get an easy answer for an easy fix. So that's interesting. But overall, when it comes to Jo Marshall, I will say that she cares and we like her and she shows a bit more personality the further into the episode that we get. She is clearly inexperienced and we will, I suppose, find out if that's going to help her, i.e. finding a new perspective, hopefully a legal one, or hinder her in regards to maybe her having some sort of arrogance towards the job. After the Flood is pretty much the Joe show. So we'll just sort of go through the cliff notes of the other characters that pop up quite frequently in the pilot episode. That would first be Molly Marshall, who is Joe's mother. She's a bit of an activist in the sense that this isn't the first flood that's happened in their town of Waterside, I wanna say. This is what I mean, too many water puns. Like, <laughs> just call it something else. Anyway, this isn't the first flood that's happened here. And you know, she's making posters about global warming and blaming the council for not having flood prevention things in place. And that's another thing because she isn't a fan of the current councillor, she's thinking about standing for election. So that'll be something to do with her storyline throughout the series, presumably. Her husband was also a police officer and died a few years back. And she worries about her daughter, A, because she's pregnant, B, because she's also on the force and that's where she lost her husband. And C, I don't know, because mothers worry in general, don't they? But what's quite lovely is that it's very clear from the beginning that Molly is automatically on Joe's side. And you know, we love to see a bit of families getting along. Next, we have Pat Homan, who is Joe's husband. He is a police detective, so they work in the same building. And he definitely cares and worries about his prego wife, definitely. But for some reason, yeah, I don't like him. I don't like him. Am I supposed to? 
I don't quite know. I mean, he just he just needs to chill out a bit and leave her alone. Like, yes, she lied to him about how far along she was. You know, that's not good. He's got every right to worry about her. I'm not saying that. I don't think we get too much from him, to be honest. So maybe that's why I'm just not really drawn towards him. He just gives me sinister vibes. Or he's a bit cold. Sinister's a bit harsh. He just seems a bit cold to me and I can't quite work out what his character is at this stage. But as I said, it's the Joe show. It's the pilot episode. Maybe that will come along. I already think he's the murderer, but that's just me based on absolutely nothing. Now we don't get much from Glenister's character who is a tractor farmer with one line or Armstrong's character who also has, I think, one line. However, he is the man who jumped in after the baby and Joe is deeming as a hero in her head and she doesn't know what happened to him. However, it turns out he might not be the knight in shining armor after all, as we see him panic when he hears police sirens. And that's all we get from him in the pilot episode. So, hmm. Now in regards to the antagonist, Mm, is it unfair of me to say the husband? No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm just kidding. Maybe the flood, but nature versus man, you can't really blame the flood for just, you know, doing what floods do. The weather is the weather. Um, we don't know. So I guess we'll leave it at that, but possibly whoever murdered the man in the lift, which is the John Doe body that Joe comes across and then, you know, starts moving mad by putting his DNA into some sort of 23andMe type service. So antagonist for the time being, big fat question mark. And now it's time to take a breath and have a quick interlude to see what TV and film life is looking like beyond the pilot principle. First up, a quick highlight on books. I'm still reading Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabrielle Zevin. Heck, I only did the other episode a couple of days ago. I'm not, <laughs> I haven't had time to finish it, okay? But I am making steady progress. I'm getting into the characters a bit more than I was when I last spoke about it. And I am interested to see how things end. I'm also simultaneously listening to Book Lovers by Emily Henry. I didn't really want to. Do you know what? When things are popular and you just don't want to like pop on that train, that's me. So I resisted for a very long time. But what I really like about listening to audiobooks is that I can just do it when I'm doing other things. So it doesn't feel like I'm dedicating that specific time to reading something that I either don't really want to read or I'm not sure I'm going to enjoy. So yeah, I'll just stick it on as I'm like cleaning up the house or going for a walk or doing my food shop. And I have to say so far, I'm actually kind of enjoying it. It's, it's made me laugh out loud a couple of times. So yeah, that's Book Lovers by Emily Henry. In regards to television, I finally finished The Last of Us and you know what? It was good. It was good. Now I always intended to watch it. I just let it slip by the wayside. And then I was like, oh, I'll wait because I'm sort of like a seasonal watcher and a seasonal reader. So even though I missed it when it first came out, I thought I'd watch it in October, November, December. I didn't watched it in January instead, had a great time. I heart Joel. Obviously the Bill and Frank episode is just as fantastic as everybody said it was. And Joel just protecting Ellie is just, hmm, <laughs> hmm, Pedro Pascal. Anyway, also on the TV roster, I watched the pilot episode of Based on a True Story, which is the, I think it was out on Peacock and has recently come out in the UK on Sky Max or Sky Atlantic or something. And you know what, so far, meh. I really enjoy Kaylee Kuko. She's great. I've always liked her since her Eight Simple Rule days, Big Bang Theory, all good stuff. And I'm sort of really enjoying her sort of new frantic comedy characteristic energy that she puts in everything. So that's including the flight, flight attendant? 
she completely moved mad in that and I love to watch the chaos. It made me really anxious <laughs> and I'm glad it wasn't me, but I enjoyed watching it. And Kuko also has a film that's recently come out on Prime Video called, I want to say, Roleplay. So with Roleplay, the flight attendant and based on a true story, she's kind of just playing the same character. Like I said, I'm here for it. She also exec produces all of these things that she's in. But with based on a true story, after the pilot episode, I just thought, eh, I don't know if I'll bother with episode two. And finally, in regards to film, I watched Good Grief, which is a Netflix movie, which is directed by, I want to say, Daniel Levy. I've never seen Schitt's Creek, but David, David. I don't know what that means. <laughs> but clearly I know enough people who do and just sort of say it. I really enjoyed the movie. Not quite sure what I'm going to letterbox it, but it is about a man called Mark whose husband dies around the Christmas period. And then one year later, he finds out that his husband, who he's been grieving for all of this time, had intended to leave him. So it's dealing with this new revelation, grieving, but then grieving again, grieving for the loss of him, but also grieving for the loss of him that would have left him. He's got friends who are also going through their own thing. One of them, I don't really understand what they're going through, to be perfectly honest with you. But I really enjoy the mise-en-scene of the movie, which kind of gave me like 90s American rom-com vibes while simultaneously giving me 90s British rom-com vibes. So it was a sweet movie. I enjoyed it well enough and I wouldn't not recommend it. So there we go. I think that's a solid review. Before we head back to your regularly scheduled listening, don't forget to follow at Pilot Principle on Instagram and Twitter slash X, where we can chat about the latest in film and TV and potentially books. Now, in terms of what I liked about Underwater, the pilot episode for After the Flood, there was something about the small townness of it all, the close-knit community that just felt really authentic. And I really also liked the family element to it, which kind of grounded it really nicely, which, I mean, British TV does really well. I mean, it kind of gives Happy Valley vibes. Basically, any police drama that's not set in London, that sort of quiet, quaint town, and when some sort of disaster strikes that impacts everybody there in a different kind of way. I'd also say it was a really easy watch. There were a few casual twists. I don't even know if you want to call it a twist, but I sort of liked that when Joe initially said it was her last day on the beat, I assumed she was going on maternity leave. Psych, she was actually going to detective training. I like when writing subverts expectations like that. And I know I already touched on the topicalness of it all, but I also thought that was good. It really just now sort of makes me think, you know, what are the government doing about the rising flood issues all over the UK? On the flippity flip side, in terms of what I didn't like, nothing too harsh, to be honest. I will say that I'm not quite catching the tone, maybe because I don't watch enough ITV drama. But for example, the music, really loved it. Plinky plonky, kind of made me want to rewatch Poldark or Outlander or something. But it didn't feel like it quite matched. It's too happy, thoughtful, like I said, period-esque. And considering After the Flood is labelled as a thriller, I wouldn't call the composition that thrilling. Finally, again, not a negative, but I have a question on Joe's pregnancy. Specifically, what does it add to the story? Is it giving us a time frame? She's seven months pregnant. I don't know how long until you have to go on maternity leave or what that means, but a baby is born after nine months. That gives her two more months. I doubt the six episodes are going to span over two months, but I don't quite think it will get to the point of her, I don't know, holding a gun up at the murderer while her water breaks and the baby is coming right then and there. So, you know, was it just a way to make this pretty standard British TV police drama slightly more interesting? Give it some sort of hook to entice people to watching it. That's my question. Did they just do it for the plot? Now, before we get to the point of deciding whether or not we will be continuing with After the Flood, here's a reminder of the synopsis. 
After discovering a body in the wake of a devastating flood, PC Joe Marshall investigates the man's possible murder. The writing of the pilot episode wasn't bad, realistic, northern, no complaints. The setting was relatively nondescript, small Yorkshire town. I kind of almost wish that the weather was a character, which is so cliche, but I kind of like stuff like that. Yes, it was like this big lashing battling thing at the top of the episode, but will it come back again? I kind of miss her which leads me cleanly on to the pace. It was a really good opening, gripping. I was like, oh my gosh, what's gonna happen next? Putting a baby at the center of it all, wild, wild. I was fearing for that baby's life like it was my own. Like that was really, really well done. It did slow down after that point, but again, not a bad thing. And it goes to show that if they can have that level of heightened intensity, perhaps they will replicate that again. Thinking about the serial arc, obviously there is a murder, so we're wondering who done it and who is this John Doe, the victim? Also, when trying to put names to faces, who is this potential hero, the man who saved the baby from the water? Why was he so scared of the police? How was he gonna circle back and knit into everything? Was he the murderer of the mysterious man in the lift? I don't know, you don't know, we'll see. Also, what Joe did was illegal. She knew it was illegal when she did it and she done did it anyway. How is that going to play out over the course of the series? And of course, she's with child. Will the baby be dropping two months early? All solid questions, which is exactly what we need when we get to the end of the pilot episode, when we start thinking about how the rest of the series will unfold. But specifically with the end of episode hook, which should convince us whether or not to watch at least the second episode, through her illegal antics, Joe has in fact discovered a relative of the mysterious lift man. And according to the person she speaks to over the phone, he died five years ago. So what the absolute F? Who is this man in the lift? Why does he have the DNA of someone who died five years ago? Is the person over the phone lying? Also, who is she going to tell? I mean, she's obligated to say something about this. Is she gonna lie through her teeth about how she came across this information? Is she gonna have to admit what she's done? If she does, is she gonna get suspended? Is she gonna get fired? Is someone gonna help her cover it up? All these questions which will hopefully have answers provided for in the second episode that is of course if you end up getting that far because now it is that time to ask the only question that counts will i be continuing with after the flood pause for dramatic effects yes Bet you didn't see that coming, did you? Well, my reasons for continuing is relatively simple. And that's the fact that the end of episode hook hooked me. It hooked me and it's dragging me into episode two. I wanna know if Joe's gonna confess or if she's gonna get in trouble for what she did. I wanna know why this mysterious lift man may or may not have allegedly died five years ago. I've got questions that I kinda want the answers to and I kinda want the answers to them now or next week, Wednesday. Of course, as well as that, I enjoyed the small town setting, the topical issues surrounding flooding in northern parts of the country. And Joe isn't annoying. And sometimes from a main character, all you need is someone that isn't gonna piss you off. But that of course is just me. So if you prefer your police dramas a little more gritty and action packed and thrilling when they do call themselves thrillers, then perhaps After the Flood is not going to be for you. If you also prefer your police dramas a little bit more fantastical, then again, After the Flood probably won't be for you because it just feels a little bit more authentic and kind of gives those Sally Wainwright typical everyday lives vibes. Now, in terms of a pilot score, I think I'll be giving Under Underworld, no, <laughs> Underwater, a three out of five. I think the character setup with Joe was done really well. 
from us seeing her as a PC to us learning that she's about to be a police detective in training, the fact that she's pregnant, that she's a bit of a liar and she's also willing to blur the lines. There's a lot of things to put into a person, but it does make her feel a little bit more textured and more than nice. Nice is great in real life, but it's boring when it comes to television. I also think the other plot threads, the B plot, the C plot, the D plot were integrated really well in the pilot episode. So that's, for example, Joe's mum, Molly, thinking about running for council, the fact that Joe's pregnant and how that's gonna affect her job and her marriage. We've got this mysterious hero who may not be a hero at all. And of course, we've got Joe's illegal activities, which again, I just really don't understand why she went that far. <laughs> she went so far so quickly, like she didn't even try. She didn't even try to find any other way to discover who that John Doe was, like at all. She had this one idea and she just leapt off the building with it. It was, it was so stupid. Now, After the Flood might not be the most original police drama despite the flood element, but it's consistent with the British TV police genre. Now that we've hashed out the fundamental principles, will you be giving the pilot episode a watch? If you've already watched Underwater, what did you think? And have you set your TV devices to series link or delete? Follow and chat to me over on threads, Instagram and Twitter slash X at Pilot Principle and I will catch you on the next episode. Aww.